Hi, everyone, and welcome to the April 16th, 2021 episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. My guest today is a titan, not just in the Canadian auto industry, but the industry at large. He founded one of the biggest auto supply companies in the world. And now, at 88 years old, he's attempting to found a micro-mobility company right here in Canada. We'll find out what that's all about and how it's going when I talk to the founder of Magna International and the man behind the safe, affordable, reliable, innovative transport, Mr. Frank Stronick, on this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. Frank, thanks for joining me on the podcast this week. Well, nice to be with you. I appreciate it very much. Let's start here. Tell me about the safe, affordable, reliable, innovative transport. What is it? Well, what it is, uh, basically the way it came about, uh, about a year and a half ago, the premier called me and he said, if I have some ideas, General Motors is closing. Because I was inducted in the American Automotive Hall of Fame in 2018. So, uh, so I, I had some ideas and um, at around that time I had to go down, down a few times in the morning. And what used to take me a half an hour from the 401 to go down to Bay Street. Now, if everything's fine, it takes me an hour and it also could take two hours. And when I looked, uh, 95%, there was only one person in the car, in the big cars, namely the driver. Right. So I said to so I said to myself, what a waste of energy. And then naturally, uh, it's not the greatest to sit in traffic jam and inhale the exhaust fumes. Then over and above, you got the greenhouse gases, the parking cost, and the cost of the gasoline itself. So this car, you can load it up overnight, and I thank you. For a dollar, you can go about 60, 80 kilometers. It's a lot cheaper than public transportation. So this this came about by Premier Ford calling you personally and asking for a solution to the General Motors. They asked me some advice, not a solution, some advice. Okay. Um, This vehicle, can you describe it for our um, listeners? I've seen it. It looks like a, a golf cart. Um, perhaps a, a motorized bicycle. Where do you think it fits? It, obviously, it can't fit on you know the 400 series highways. But who is the target for this vehicle? Well, the target is it should have the right than any and then any bike. You know, bikes can go any on any provincial highways on any highway except the expressways. Right. The very key is. Uh, we, you know, uh, the large cars, the gasoline cars, uh, they create a lot of greenhouse gases. In the parking, uh, you know, uh, when you build a, a parking spot, costs about $100,000 to build in the big cities. So here the key is that you, it, you sit in an enclosed environment. You sit actually in a safety cage. And so you're protected from the elements, uh, rain or snow, whatever. And you can park four of those in a regular car parking spot. Do you see 
North Americans, generally speaking, not just Canadians, North Americans accepting something like this. We see similar ventures, you know, uh, Electromechanica, for example, out of BC, makes a single-seat electric vehicle. They're targeting sort of California. Are, are Canadians and Americans ready for this kind of transportation, Frank? I think the price got to be right. Uh, so anytime we have a vehicle, safety is very important. Uh, the fray, it's not a question if you are ready for it. There is no other way. So you see this as the future? Like we, ha- we have no choice but to go here? You, 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 there's no choice because the cities, the greenhouse gases, et cetera, et cetera. And you take the, you know, if you really add it up, it's a non-renewable resource, oil or gasoline in that case. When you add everything up from Rio de Janeiro, Tokyo, Paris, London, Los Angeles, New York, Miami, it's like the, like a giant river flowing down. And you know you don't have to be a great scientist to know that you're going to be out of gasoline sooner than later. It's funny because from where I sit, I often look at things from a Canadian or a North American perspective. But are there countries that perhaps are more accepting of a vehicle of this type or this mode of transportation more so than North America is at the moment, do you think? No, I think I think the big car companies have neglected that type, but they call it the micro mobility. You think they should have been focusing on this? Yeah, and the the, uh, the big electric cars like the Teslas, uh, what you have now is you got maybe five of the major car companies will pro- will also produce electric vehicles, large ones. But that's not the answer. It doesn't. It won't solve the traffic jams. It just solves, uh, but there won't be enough uh, the grid system, the power system. Uh, it would need a huge amount of infrastructure costs to power the large, the large uh, cars. Let's talk about that because what you're pitching here, what you have developed, is something that I can just plug into a home outlet. Correct? Yeah, just in a regular outlet. Yeah. How big of an advantage is that? Uh, well, uh, you use it during the day, so you plug it in overnight. Overnight, the power the power is cheap overnight because there's less use than during the day, and you uh, you can go uh, sixty, eighty miles, or hundred miles. Are there other customers, uh, potential customers? And I, as a father of three who has plenty of family vacations under my belt, and as a former sports reporter who've been to a million events, I- I'm thinking yes. perhaps amusement parks or sporting events such as the Olympics. Uh, have you or are you considering or in talks with groups and our organizations like that who might have a purpose for something this small um, in their facilities? It's a really a special purpose car. It's basically to get from your home to your workplace and back. Thereby, you could save a lot of time. You you save on on gasoline. You say you know it has less pollution. And when you look down the road, uh, middle class was kind of defined uh, house with a two car garage. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, uh, you look, uh, uh, government's getting bigger, and they print money like crazy. <laughs> yeah, you mean look at the, you take the Corona thing here. Look, you mean there's thousands of businesses got closed. 
uh, they're not existing anymore. That means, look, you got a lot of unemployed people, and people get paid now if they go to work or not, they get paid a certain amount. So what? when you look down the road, uh, I think you, uh, I think a family will have one larger car for social outings or go, go to the cottage or whatever, and then you would have uh, two or three or four smaller cars, which will cut lack, which will cost less than a big car. We've heard that. I have heard that on this podcast. People have told me that the answer is having one car for long trips for family yes. outings, and the yes. solution is an electric vehicle for getting around town. You you have similar feelings? Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm trying to get across. Look, uh, in the mornings when in, in the mornings, right? Uh, look, when when you be any one of the feeder roads, the roads outside the big cities leading into the city, you know, it's just traffic jam like crazy, and you see only one person, and 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 uh, namely the driver. In the mornings, people are so busy they don't want to pick up. Uh, uh, you know, you're so busy, you do your thing. So there's a need. You save an enormous amount of t- uh, 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 time, uh, parking costs, uh, gasoline costs, insurance costs. You chose to pursue Ontario as your new headquarters for this venture, not far from the Magna headquarters, actually. Um, is yes. that a sentimental choice to pick Ontario, or is Ontario still attractive? My kids were born here in the York region. My grandchildren were born here. And I've done very well. I could prosper here. Huh? So <laughs> I have a lot of, yeah, I have a lot, a lot of, a lot, a lot of good people here. And uh, we communicated well with them. So, uh, and over and above, uh, you know, I think Canada is a great country and Canada was great to me. And, I want to leave a legacy. I think to a certain extent, the left one with Magda, but this could be a much bigger legacy. Do you still see Ontario as an attractive place to invest? If if you were an outsider looking for somewhere to invest, is Ontario still attractive if you're a manufacturer? I, I, I guess the states might have greater problems. Uh, the key is we, we all should try to have some constructive input, not pointing fingers, uh, you know, uh, but where could we do things better? And I've always said, if the economy doesn't work, nothing else will work. We cannot feed the hungry, and we cannot take care of the most fragile ones, namely the elderly. So the economy's got to work. I have to ask, do you miss being a part of Magna? No, but I, uh, look, I, uh, I could have stayed on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh I, I I actually uh, I had a I had some reasons why I did what I did. I really wanted to go into the food business and the agriculture, which I did. Yep. You know, I I wanted to produce foods without chemicals because nowadays all the kids have allergies and the rise of autism, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I. So I, I created the first prototype, right? A supermarket with a restaurant attached, and it's all organic. 
How closely do you still watch the auto industry then? I know you're in, you have you you know you have your horse racing and you have the agricultural side. You've got this project on the go. How closely do you still watch the auto industry overall? Well, I watch it uh, in the overall that uh, when I look down the road, the big car sales will go over the next 10, ten years will go down forty to fifty percent. You're predicting sales down forty to fifty percent of large automobiles. Over the next 10 years. What will replace them? With small cars, micromobility. Because we cannot afford it. Society cannot afford it anymore. How would you describe Canada's auto industry today, in this moment? Is it healthy? Is it the way you left it? Again, uh, I think I added a lot to it uh, via Magna, via uh, the, uh, Canada had a tremendous buildup of parts suppliers, just about the whole car, right? And yep. So there is a lot of uh, know-how in Canada. Do you plan to tap into that know-how here in Canada? Do you expect to hire engineers and technicians and things? Yes, 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 because I, uh, I'm building the first car. It's really the first uh, factories uh, call it the prototype factories where we can do about 30,000 a year. And uh, that means we have prototypes now, which are made from mass production parts, but they're hand assembled. So we are in the process now of putting assembly fixtures that we can uh, assemble uh, quite quickly, you know, and some automation, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and, uh, so let's say we have four assembly stations which can do X and do scale it up then three or four times. You know, I, I when I look down the road again, I would see about five factories in Canada, which produces about 100,000 each, each factory and maybe 20 factories in the States with 100,000 cars each. You're 88 years old. Why are you doing this now? Why not just enjoy Wait, retirement? 88. I'm 88 years young. Not old. <laughs> don't, be, don't be so pessimistic. I just, I, I mean, I look at myself and I, I, I would like to sit back and relax a little bit. You're, you're a go-getter. You're energetic. You're passionate about this. I just wonder what keeps you going. I'm extremely relaxed, you know, but I look, uh, all kidding aside, I've, I've been blessed with a good mind and with good health. And, uh, you know, when you get a little older, then you say, what, what's life all about? Uh, you know, uh, what, what's important, right? Can you make a contribution to a better society? Organic food, that's a contribution, right? And then uh, 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 micromobility, small cars are a contribution. Do you feel like you have to give back in this fashion and in these ways because you've been so successful? No, I've been so blessed, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I can do things fairly quickly. I I think I always had the, the gift to assemble uh, or to get a few good people because you're only as good as your people are. But I have, uh, I, I think I'm very innovative with original ideas. Do you have any regrets looking back at your time uh, and your direction of Magna? Or are you satisfied with how things uh, went there in your tenure? On the one hand, I feel a bit guilty because uh, 
I sold the, the multi-class uh, chairs, and uh, that means Magna might not always be a Canadian company. So I feel a little guilty. So Strodnik International will definitely uh, be a Canadian company and always will be one. Do you have any assessment of, of Don Walker's tenure as CEO at, at Magna? He always struck me as a straight shooter. Um, he retired at the beginning of the year. I just wonder if you have any thoughts on, on how he sort of led Magna. Well, Don, no, uh, uh, well, Don Walker, like you said, is a straight shooter and quite a capable guy. And uh, I think I left a, I left him a great ship and he's done a good job and uh, it is what it is. Is there anything else that you have planned that we don't know about? Uh, is there anything else you want to tackle uh, in in what really isn't retirement because you're so busy? Is there anything else on your sort of bucket list of things to accomplish? No, I think the two projects will, over the next few years, will keep me somewhat busy, right? Uh, the uh, the creation of supermarkets which and uh, of organic foods. And we grow and we produce organic foods and uh, and the car itself too. Uh, I also, you know, uh, I, I like to set up a role model. And uh, there's no question, I, I learned a lot when uh, from a public company running Magna. And uh, uh, the Cerit also will go public next year. But the control will be held by Stronach International. And, you know, when you when you look back in history, uh, when you uh, – there are some uh, studies done, family enterprises, after one or two years, usually they disperse. Yep. So what I've done now, I've created Stronach International, where I'm the only shareholder – and I gave and I gave my proxies. I give my proxies to a board of directors. So some uh, there's some bylaws and a corporate constitution, which will make sure it's it always will be Canadian. And the major and the headquarters will stay in the York region. So there's a lot a lot of things I think where Canada will benefit from it. And again, the role model, the role model would be that uh, that will it'll be an example how maybe future companies should be run. Canada means a lot to you, doesn't it, Frank? Yes. Uh, look, I've I've done great here, right? I uh, I had a chance to unfold, I had a chance to create. I, I, yeah, it's great, yeah. And so uh, the country was good to me, and the people are great. So uh, I tried to give something back. Frank, thanks for joining me on the podcast this week. I appreciate it. Okay, great. Nice doctor. We'll do it again. For sure. I wish you luck. We'll stay in touch. Okay, thank you. We reached Frank in the GTA. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous shows on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the Canada Conversations tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of Automotive News, Canada Conversations. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.